All right, well, hey, Minju. Um, thanks for uh, coming on here. I appreciate the time. Um, I've known you for a little bit over a year now, right? Yes. Yeah. I think I met you in, was it Axe? Oh, it was, it was in the Forge. One day you stopped by the first floor and you're like, oh, you're Minju. I've heard about you. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Wait, can you, do you have like the, the story? Yeah, so, yeah, I was just on the first floor of Forge roaming around. And this guy suddenly shows up and says hi. That's my name, I was Minju, and he's like, oh, I know you. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Um, yeah, and I assumed it was uh, Adam <laughs> and a couple other guys probably talked a lot about me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Minju's a popular guy. So, um, we there, there's this like, Christian group on Washu where it seems like I heard the name Minju a lot and then I finally met him. And the Forge is like one of the places that the guys uh live in from that club so uh that's, seems like that's where i first met him but yeah so minju and, and i uh, i know minju a decent amount we've um he's currently the ceo at the or the, the founder at the company that i'm working for so i'm working pretty closely with him there um he's also we're, we're also living in the same house and he's just a really cool guy overall but yeah yeah um thanks for coming minju but First question I wanted to ask was just, um, what, if you were to like describe yourself, mm-hmm. like it's a very broad question to take yeah. as you want, but if you were to describe yourself, if someone asked you, mm-hmm. who, who is Minju, yeah. what sort of would you say or what would you like them to say? Um, I would say I'm a very um, purpose-driven and truth-centered person. So everything I, um, ever since I was young, I, I think I always focused on what the truth is, like what is real and what is not real. That's something, something that's being made up, whether it's by our, by our mind or by other people's mind. So I always grew up and trained myself to see things in the most fundamental way rather than at the surface level and um due to that whatever i wanted to do throughout my life whether going to school studying something majoring something i couldn't just follow the herd because i didn't couldn't understand why (laughs) um because people I, i didn't think at that age like elementary school and things like that i didn't see the reason why people would have to study a really good reason. So everyone else just studies because they're told to, but I always question why do I have to study and why this? So yeah, that's how I grew up. And today I'm the same person, (laughs) Um, but I guess a little more wisdom through failures. Mm -hmm. And yeah, due to that, um, I didn't do well in school. I didn't do bad, I didn't do well. Um, but then I realized, um, yeah, well, I, then I realized, you know, I should find the purpose behind studying or achieving something. And I think for a long, for a long time, probably since elementary school to middle school, my, 
a lot of my motivation was coming from anger, kind of like a revenge um, to these you know, wrongdoings that other people have done. I'm gonna, I wanted to prove myself and get things right. That was a motivation for my success. Of course, it was not a good motivation. <laughs> didn't get me very far. It got me far, I guess, in terms of like grade, but didn't get me very far as an influential person. Um, and in high school, I had a turning point. I, re- I, I thought more seriously about life and death during high school. I had a big turning point, and that combined with my kind of a truth-centered nature worked really well with um, seeing everything in more clear ways, and um, that's really what led me to Christianity as well. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, ever since then, I'm a lot more, I'd say, purpose, even more purpose-driven than before, um, because... <clears throat> Death is a disease that everyone faces. And what that made me realize is that no matter how hard I try, how hard I try to prove myself or be successful and be happy or or die and nothing will matter. Everything will pass. Um, So will my current pain and current effort worth it if if everything's just going to pass away? because yesterday I thought getting into a good high school was would make me happy. But today it clearly does not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yesterday I thought <clears throat> um, getting a new phone or getting a new dog, getting a getting a new getting into a good college would make me happy. But when I'm there, yeah, I was happy for a moment, but always looking at what's next, not completely forget about our previous state. And yeah, in junior year high school, I I saw that wow. If I keep living like this, it's going to be my life story. I'm ch- constantly going to chase, 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 and die. Um, so, yeah, that's, the, <clears throat> that's really the turning point I had. And, um, yeah, since then, everything I do, yeah, I had to be even more purpose-driven because I knew that there are a lot of things... I could I'm doing or are be doing that's not gonna matter um, so I'd have to even be more purpose driven and actually went to a, maybe a, ser- a series of time like probably a year or two after that I didn't understand why I had to work hard if I'm just gonna die and nothing will matter and the one who no one will remember me no one will remember anybody no one will remember my work um, unless you're Isaac Newton yeah. um, and even then even the greatest inventions get replaced greatest companies get replaced so for two years after that I was like not very motivated to study hard or work hard but I was very stu- in, motivated to study more about life more about you know God what, 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 he, what he talks about what, what life should be um, about people how how why why are these other people living like this like why are they not recognizing that they they could die anytime um or even if they die in the future like the problem should be relevant today and <clears throat> yeah because even even today 
even today. Um, there are probably chances in my life that could have killed me. Um, even waking up, I could have gotten some sort of bacteria in my um, lungs that could kill me, which actually happened to this young girl um, recently. I could get hit by a car anytime. Um, I could choke and die suddenly. You, you just never know. And yeah, so death and um, and what, what I'm saying right now, everything is kind of like everywhere, but like I'm kind of spitting out every everything. Maybe you can summarize it at the end. <laughs> yeah, so and then I got into college. Um, I kept working hard because I knew it would be unwise to not work hard because even though life is short and I don't know how long I have left in my clock, um, it would be unwise for me to just be lazy and not do anything. And there are clearly things <laughs> as a human that I'm inherently wanting, wanting to have, like I want to have a nice house, I want to have a car, I want to eat good food, and things like oh, I want to travel. I want to get married, all those things. So for those reasons, those practical reasons, I think I worked hard. And as I was working hard, I, I wouldn't say I worked. I worked to build my resume. I worked, kind of, I kind of worked to get to the next steps. I never really worked to serve in that moment, to really make, the, make a difference in that moment. So... My first job ever was a bar, bar, beer drafter when I was 18. Um, I mainly did that to make money. And my second job was like a barista. My third job was um, chemistry lab assistant. So I was preparing chemistry lab for like organic chemistry and things like that. And I was a library like computer like technician technology assistant um, and then I was like a summer camp counselor it was a nerd camp called Duke, camp, Duke Tip <laughs> pretty famous um, and then I did a research at WashU um, that got fundings from NSF and then I came to WashU and then I did another research and then I also studied at University of Chicago Booth Business School and almost everything I did in the process, studying physics and everything like that, I only did that to get to the next step, next steps. Um, but I think as I mature and as I grow my emotional intelligence about myself, understanding myself, um, and seeing what has worked and what has not worked in my life, I became more, um, I found my purpose, I would say. Um, so today my internal purpose and vision and mission is to, <clears throat> I want to leverage the talent that that's given to me. I, th I think talents and intelligence and all of those things are not something that I have made <laughs> for myself. It's not something I can boast about, but it's given to me like as a gift because I was born with that. That's probably why people call gifted people gifted because it's gifted to them. They didn't earn it. And so I have strength and I have weaknesses. And so my personal vision is to use my strength 
um, and really cherish it, um, and then to serve other people, to flourish other people. So that is how I operate day day to day. That is why I think that is why I really enjoy going to classes, learning about things that I might not even get credit for, um, because that gives me opportunity to strengthen my skills and talents and cherish it, which can benefit other people and benefit me. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> one one word you used was purpose driven. What do you mean by that? Um, purpose driven. So everything I do, like literally everything I do, um, I I have a purpose behind. Like I don't just do for the sake of doing. Um, I mean sometimes, I do things without planning without much strategy because I want to see the result and learn from it. But essentially choosing to come study here, come to study in America, I have a per- like, there was my choice. I was 12 year old. I told my parents, I want to study in the States. I don't want to study in Korea. Um, I chose my bartending job as a first one because I thought no matter what kind of job I do, it's my first job. I'll learn whatever, I'll learn whatever about the world because they're clearly working <laughs> and operating. <clears throat> um, so there's a purpose there. And uh, <clears throat> there's purpose why I'm choosing Moshi, choosing engineering. Um, I didn't want to choose engineering, but I chose engineering because I wanted to be someone that's able to communicate between business and engineering. And so yeah, if I'm a business person and I want to be able to communicate with engineers really well, probably the best way that I can think of to do that is to walk in their path and go through the hardest thing they go through. And the hardest thing they go through in the earlier career is the school. Engineering school is notoriously hard. So that's why I did it. And um, on the other hand, since I'm inherently a business person, I could learn business on the side. And um, so, yeah, so a lot of things I do. Yeah. So you said that you sort of see yourself or more that you uh, live with a constant just um, knowledge that, you know what, like tomorrow isn't promised. Like um, like it can end at any time that you sort of live that way, right? Um, Ideally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a forgetful person, like anyone, so I do not remember every day, but I think when it comes to moments like driving a long distance, where the probability is even higher, <laughs> I understand that I could die, um, and um, or some weekends when I'm really tired, I'm on my bed, um, I'm like, yeah, I could pass, pass away tomorrow. It's a possibility. I'm thankful to mm-hmm. be alive. Yeah. And I'll be thankful to be alive tomorrow. And actually, to, the day after that, I'm thankful to be alive. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So you, so, you you have, like, a certain level of... And not only with that, but just, like, understanding. Like, you... Mm-hmm. A lot of people get washed away with the... Yeah. I mean, I'm going to live forever. Mm-hmm. This is going to be great. I'm yeah. going to... 
but no, you. It's, it it seems that at least that you try to get like an out an outward an outward <laughs> perspective on like like a very realistic view on life. Yes. Yes. So and that really you know relates back to me as a person ever since I was young, really truth centered. Mm-hmm. Um, that is truth. People and every time I talk about death, people agree. People agree that you're gonna get forgotten and everything like that. They agree with everything, but they do not accept it. They agree it because it's right, but they kind of lie to themselves emotionally and do not accept it. And it takes a big courage to accept that. And um, and I think everyone should. And I think everyone would, if everyone accept that, that they're gonna die. And it could be any time. Then they're gonna think about death more seriously. They're gonna prioritize life more seriously. I think if people understand that, probably not as many people in the world like today will be extremely profit driven, right? A lot of people live for the dollar, mm-hmm. fight for the dollar. I don't think people are gonna be as much people are gonna be like that if people see that. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, let me. I forgot the next question. Oh, level of understanding. So I think day to day when people ask me, how are you doing? I, I generally answer, I'm, I'm happy to be alive, thankful to be alive. So I think I think about it maybe once a day in a very light way. But then, yeah, there are times, maybe once a week, once a month. I'm like, wow, really grateful to be alive. You know, God could have just taken my life away. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have to allow me tomorrow. Even watching Itaewon, which South Korea this past weekend, which was very, very sad. Um, there's one of my friend's friend that died. And like, when I think about that, would have ever known, would they have ever known or planned that they could die the next day or their family or so thinking about that make me feel even more grateful about how I I get to live and enjoy today, and um, and then how um, even thankful to be where I'm at today because I'm not on the street I'm not begging for food. I know there are a lot of stress I'm experiencing in my life, um, a lot of unfairness that I'm experiencing as well, but I'm really grateful to be. Have to have a roof, um, have bad this California king's king size bed. Um, have good food, good water, good roommates, good neighborhood, good school. I get to have cup puppy, even though I complain about it. Yeah, so a lot of things to be thankful about. Cool. Yeah. Can you talk a little more about your upbringing? Like, where are you from? How was growing up? Yeah. So upbringing, uh, uh, the first memory I have of my childhood was me when I was like two year old. I was kicking this watermelon that my mom has cut out because I thought it looked like blood. <laughs> the first memory I had, I think I, we were living a little wet, wet east side of Seoul, which is the largest city in Korea. And then I remember uh, the first car that I get to experience, you know, as a sedan. And then the second car was an SUV. And the third car was also an SUV, a white SUV. And um, so I remember kind of those. 
and I went to kindergarten. Daejeon is like southwest of Korea, South Korea. I remember going kindergarten there, <clears throat> and um, I grew up in a church-going household, so I'd go to Sunday, Sunday like Sunday schools and things like that. Mainly was there to kind of fool around and eat some snacks. <laughs> um, and church people were always very nice. So I kind of felt like home there always. Um, and after that, I moved to Seoul. Whenever I had to, as soon as I was about to go to elementary school, my parents decided, me to, decided to move to Seoul because they have best education. Um, so... My first grade elementary school year, I started in Gangnam, um, which is kind of, I'd say, Clayton of <laughs> St. Louis or Missouri or um, Upper West Side of Manhattan. Um, yeah, so really good area to get education. And then I went to elementary school there for the first three years. But suddenly my dad had to... Um, moved to again in the rural area for six months uh, for his job so we we as a family followed him so i was i went to this more rural school for three months six months there was also a lot of like cool experience because kids kids there look at me as like like kind of an idol because i'm from like really so they've never been to so things like that um yeah, it's like, it's like kind of like um, people outside of the United States, I think a lot of them dream about coming to this country um, because it's the most prosperous country in the world. So kind of like that. And like you're from Seoul, it's kind of like you're from the States um, to foreigners. And um, yeah, and then I went back to Seoul to finish my elementary school. It was a different elementary school. Um, sim sim similar area and then I went to middle school um, next to my, my, next my ele elementary school there was a middle school I went to a year of middle school um, was not a good student I was a troublemaker I was like made, I, I made like this um, um, ninja knife throwers because I was really into Naruto <laughs> like I would literally make that and throw it on like kind of like a wooden like uh, wooden uh, walls and things like that and I got in, got in trouble. My mom was really mad at me. And uh, after my first year of middle school, I had to move to, um, our family had to move to a different part of Seoul. It was actually Itaewon and Itaewon where that tragic event happened. In that area, they don't have good um, education. They didn't have good education back then for middle schools. So my mom was like, okay, I'm not going to send you to school there. I'm going to send you a boarding school in the rural area. It's a like a charter, charter school. So I went there. Um, <clears throat> I spent a year and a half, I think. I absolutely hated it. Um, they had a lot of rules that made no sense. That you, we couldn't drink like soda or anything like that. We couldn't eat ramen because <laughs> it was unhealthy. We couldn't have snacks in our room. Um, we're like curfew was like, and we couldn't have like our cell phones and anything like that. So like, I was like, this is nonsense. And also all the kids there, half of them were very smart. Half of them were kind of like 
big time troublemakers that kind of kicked out from their previous schools. They're very interesting. Half are very, very elite, half are very, very opposite, like very troublemakers, very spoiled. Um, <clears throat> so that's when I realized, hey, mom, I want to go to study in, in the United States. I, I could study really hard in Korea <clears throat> and <clears throat> maybe I get to one of the top 10 schools if I really, really try hard. But frankly, I don't think I'm going to try that hard because I don't see the purpose. <laughs> um, but even if I do, which is low chance, I think I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm going to enjoy the job I'm going to be getting after that. I'm going to have to fight for probably top three companies. And I don't think I'm going to like that. I don't think, even if I get in there, I don't think I'm going to like having that job. Mom, please send me to the States. Competition's a lot lower there. I think I have more time to figure out what I want to do and do, yeah. And then my dad was extremely um, opposed of me going. <laughs> he's like, he's a young guy, yeah, he's a young kid. What, what does he know, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so it took, I don't know how I convinced my dad, but it took maybe six months of me convincing him and they agreed to send me. And then, so, the very end, I had six months, um, six months of middle school to finish up in Korea. I finished up in Antioch, Illinois. It's near Chicago. It's like a suburb. And then I decided to go to a small boarding school in South Dakota. Um, I don't know why. I think um, I I I don't think I really like my host family, because they made me clean up dog poop. <laughs> Um, it was kind of a house chore kind of for everyone, but like I didn't like that. I didn't like that. And then they were eating very unhealthy, so I didn't like that either. Um, yeah, so I, I was like, I want to go to boarding school. I want to live in my room, have my own rules. <laughs> so I went to boarding school. It was a cool school. Um, I'd say very redneck. <laughs> it was a very rural area. So like, yeah, it was kind of redneck. Um, but I appreciate that. So in the first six months to a year in the in that school, because I'm from a big city, I couldn't really bond with the, their culture well. But then the um, the thing about being, um, I guess redneck is a um, derogatory term, so I shouldn't use that. But but um, these students coming from rural area and not having been exposed to cities, even though we we had a big cultural clash. They were very, very down to earth, very, very kind. <laughs> so they were very understanding of me, very kind. And so we eventually became really good friends. So we all became really good friends. Um, but after second year, um, I decided to transfer school because I wanted to play soccer. <laughs> they didn't have a soccer team. And actually, the end of the sec my second year was when our like my relationship with all of my classmates were like the strongest because we were living together. We were going out camping by the lake. Um, we're doing all those diff different things and they're fun. Yeah, now I'm, I'm leaving because I want to throw myself into a new, new place and make myself survive. It's kind of something I have done a lot. Um, so I got into this high school that was pretty, pretty prestigious high school. Um, not as prestigious as um, kind of Washington students high schools they're all a lot more prestigious than 
mine, but it was still a good one. Um, it was also a boarding school in um, Minnesota, big, biggest city in Minnesota is Twin Cities. So it was a boarding school in the Twin Cities. I got to play soccer, it was fun. Now this boarding school is the opposite of this high school I went to. This boarding school had 100 students were international and 300 were domestic. <laughs> so now there's a big, big, big difference. Um, so now coming from me completely immersed in American, like kind of rural, rural American or um, culture, now I'm completely immersed into completely something different. Um, this is not even American because like 100, 100 of them are not Americans and 300 of them are yeah Americans but then they also grew up with these international students but they're also not a good representation of typical American students um, so there I had to also learn a lot about adapting to their culture um, and I ended up yeah also making great friends by the end of the second year <laughs> Um, and I did a great job in track, track and field. Um, I, I, I went to state for two events and was ranked like seventh place. Um, which events? Like sprinting, like hundred meter. Yeah. You're fast. Yeah. You're one of the few people who can beat <laughs> me at a race. Yeah. I, I was very fast in high school and I worked really hard. There was also the time that, you know, I went through that turning point in my life, which was very cool. And then, um, I was applying to colleges. I tried to get into college. That's highest rank that I, was, I could get into. Um, University of Rochester, I think was the highest one. And then I had Purdue, I had University of Maryland, College Park, University of Minnesota, all of those. Uh, but I decided to go to a small liberal arts college called Swanee. And they offered me a lot of scholarship and I thought I could just transfer out of there. And I I had a friend that already went there, so I went there, um, and it was unexpectedly amazing. <laughs> like the school is beautiful; it's really gorgeous. It's like studying in Oxford, probably not not as nice as Oxford, but like really really gorgeous. Food's great. We had like unlimited buffet from like six a.m. to eight p.m. Then we had like salad, dessert, pasta. Grilled chicken, burger, everything. <laughs> they had everything. It was awesome. Um, and people are also very nice. I've never been to the South before, before then. Um, me going to the South in Tennessee, people were, were speaking in Southern accent. I had a hard time understanding it in the beginning. Um, I had a hard time agreeing that Southern hospitality is a thing because people from Minnesota and South Dakota are like really nice. But yeah, Tennessee really grew on me over time as well. Um, and then, but then I still try to transfer out, transfer out. I was going to go to Rochester because Rochester is a place I wanted to go to. I got accepted for their track team and everything. It's a great school. Um, I had a crush on a girl that was attending there at the time too. That's probably one of the reasons too. Um, applied there every semester. I didn't get in for some reason. It didn't make sense. Um, I was like, maybe, you know, maybe God has some plan for me in my life. Um, so I just stayed in Swanee, and then I I, I knew about this 3-2 program, engineering dual degree program. Um, so I, rather than tra trying to transfer to other schools, I decided to go for um 3-2 program. 
and I got accepted to pretty much like all of the partner schools. Like there's Vanderbilt, there's Columbia, there's WashU, there's Georgia Tech, Clemson. Um, I decided to go to WashU because um, a lot of my engage a lot of my engagements um, with WashU students versus other school students. I felt like wow, WashU students are very very hardworking, very smart. They're also very humble. A lot of them are. I mean, people may disagree. <laughs> um, people may disagree, saying that a lot of business school students are not humble and things like that. But I think generally, generally on average, Washu students are very hardworking, very smart, very humble. Um, comparably, <laughs> and um, so I and then they had acts. I knew about acts before that. I looked up all these different Christian clubs that are. In each campuses, I reached out to the, to them, see how they are like, connected with Isaac, Andrew, AJ. They're very nice guys. I, uh, every time I was talking to them, I was learning something. Yeah, so I was like, okay, Washu is probably the one of the lower ranked school. It was ranked lower than Vanderbilt in Columbia at the time, but I think I'll grow a lot more. I think I'll be able to cherish my. Um, positive nature a lot more and learn a lot about the culture of working hard but also working humility humility um, yeah so came to wash you and I haven't regretted it a single time I might have regretted regretted it for a day um, only because I missed Nashville <laughs> um, but overall yeah I'm, I'm very thankful to be here really I mean I constantly forget about that but yeah that's where I'm, that's why I'm here and then yeah, rest is like me finally finding Mosey during twenty twenty summer. Um, yeah, working with Zab and Claire and you and a few other students, and um, working at Anheuser Busch. Um, winning some pitch competitions, running Sling Health Accelerator. Um, yeah. It sounds like. You've been jumping around a lot. Like every like two yeah. to three years, you go somewhere new. Yeah. So, I know, I I I know people who, like, jump around a lot. I mean, and that's like relative. I'm sure people jump around even more, especially people who are in the military. But mm-hmm. I know people who jump around a lot or who have jumped around a lot. And then I know people who are, like, very stationary. Like they've stayed in the same place their mm-hmm. entire life. So how do you think? Like, are you glad that you moved around a lot? Yes. And like, what um, why? And then like. Is there any part of you that wishes that you stayed in the same place? Sure. Um, there's always pros and cons. Every choice in life, <laughs> I learned there are pros and cons in everything. You just got to prioritize, right? And I actually knew, I think I knew it back in my mind what I was getting into. Um, sad, sad things. I'm not as close to my siblings as most of my friends are. Um, same for parents. I'm close to them, but not as close. Um, same for my grandparents especially grandparents and relatives. Um, not being able to have a close relationship with grandparents and relatives is something I envy a lot. Like whenever I have American friends constantly going to Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, like I wish I had that. Um, but, but at the same time, I was fortunate enough to have friends that would let me experience that as part of their family too. So. My good friend Skylar, um, he was my freshman roommate. 
still in close contact with him and his family. I spent multiple Christmas, Thanksgiving with them. And um, they really let me experience that. So I was really thankful about that. And yeah, those are the bad, um, sad, sad sides. <laughs> um, really good side though. Good side is that um, it pushes you to grow. It constantly leaves you, um, takes you out of your comfort zone. And then you just kind of have to survive. And the way you learn how to survive, you grow. So through that, I was really able to grow extremely independently. And um, I think that really helped me to be serving at Mosey as a CEO role. It's because of all of those different experiences and things I had to go through by throwing myself into a bunch of different situations. Um, yeah, I think that's what's helping me today and I'm really grateful you know, to God that you know he allowed those opportunities as well and um, also wonder about what what I'm what I am experiencing today how it's going to impact future <laughs> future self um, yeah do you think it might be do you, do you ever see yourself like settling down like in the same place for like a long time and sure. if, and if you do do you think it might be like a little bit weird doing so because you've moved around so much um yes and no um i think i think the if the world stays the same it's probably yes it's going to be weird but the world is being more globalized day by day um, <clears throat> there's hyperloop hyper fast trains planes are a lot more accessible than before they're a lot cheaper cars are a lot better better to drive long distance, highways are better. Everything transportation-wise, everything communication-wise, is becoming globalized and globalized. So, when you, <clears throat> yeah. So because, so when you, when you see me, like, I was here January to August working at Anheuser-Busch. I visited maybe five different cities and five different friends <laughs> from my, like, college and high school, so. Because world is becoming more globalized, I think I'm even if I settle down, I'm gonna be able to access all these different parts about the country. Yeah. <clears throat> so you'll sort of see as like the best of both worlds. Yeah, I think in the future, I'll be able to probably train to Chicago in thirty minutes, mm -hmm. twenty minutes, which we can't imagine at all today. I think that's gonna happen when when I'm old. <clears throat> Probably by the time I'm maybe 40, late 30 to 40, yeah, which is kind of crazy. Even cars are self-driving already, so think about that. Now the driving pain, pain point is almost eliminated. Um, I saw, driving back from church, I saw this one girl being on her phone like this. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's so cool, because her car's driving itself. Yeah. I'm like, I wish I had that. <laughs> Driving to Nashville would have been a lot more fun. Um, so, what are your parents like? Um, my I think I'm more like my grandparents. Um, but my parents, my mom is extremely smart and wise lady. Um, she was a housewife for a long time, but she also did a lot of part-time work, mainly had to, having to do with life sciences. Um, She's very smart and wise, everything, every kind of like 
tasks I need to do throughout my life, like how do I clean up dishes? How do I clean up my bath? How do I do vacuum? Everything like that. Um, a lot of those small things, the practical things that really matter, were like, what should I eat? How should I eat? How should I grocery shop? Things like that. I think I, a lot of them I learned from my mom. Um, and she also fed me very, very healthy growing up. That's why I was fortunate enough to grow healthy. Um, <clears throat> my dad, <clears throat> he was a very, very, very smart guy. Very smart, <clears throat> very hardworking, very meek, very kind. Um, <clears throat> I think I'm, my mom's a lot more quick to anger. <laughs> my dad is, <clears throat> excuse me, very slow to anger. So very nice guy, gentleman and um, good leader. Um, he's in a leadership position. For a long time and i think he's done a great job and um but inherently we're very different i'm very innovative um very progressive in terms of like i don't say i'm like i don't say i'm progressive in a political sense i'm progressive in a progressive sense everything <laughs> everything i do like i want to progress forward i don't want to look backward i want to progress forward what is right has to be kept right um what is wrong what could or what could be done better could be so like better. in an innovative sense yes innovative sense mm -hmm. even the the way we vote today i think could be progressed um the way we live today could be progressed the way the society works like the leadership works in the organization could be progressed and our organizational structure at the movie is very very different it's probably very unique and this um, one of my way to progress forward into a better way of working together. Yeah. And we'll see how it works out. <laughs> so what are the differences between, or how would you say that you're very similar to your grandparents? So my grandparents, um, my mom's side of grand grandpa, he, he, after Korean war, a lot of people were poor. Um, so my grandpa, what he did, he went to the U S military base. And he's like, hey, teach me everything. <laughs> so he had that grind mentality and learning mentality of just going there, being proactive, learning everything. And then, you know, so throughout his career, I think he had like multiple farmlands, well, real estate, I'd say, real estate, some businesses, the multiple businesses, multiple small businesses he ran. So he was, he was very rich. <laughs> um, so my mom was like, he, she grew up very spoiled. <laughs> um we didn't get a lot of in, like we didn't get any inheritance because she was like a girl and um back then girls don't get inheritance like kind of like jewish culture mm -hmm. um my dad's side um my great-grandpa um was also a very successful businessman made a lot of money when japanese people uh, when japanese people came to korea um, he stole everything, they stole everything from my grandpa. And then my grandpa passed away. So my, my great grandpa, yeah. And then my great grandpa passed away. So my grandpa had to grow as an orphan. And then, so he actually also was a self-made. He, um, from the very bottom up, he worked his butt off and became serial entrepreneur. He had multiple businesses. He became the richest guy in one of the cities in in the South South Korea, 
that where Bibimbap is from, originally from. He was the richest guy in that city and did a lot of philanthropy. Before he died, most of his net worth, um, he spent it on foster care, uh, orphanage, orphanage, yeah. So he made one of the largest orphanage in Korea using most of his net worth. And then, yeah, that is, and then like, yeah. And then um, what he talked about was always, you need to have money coming in to be bigger than money going out. <laughs> and um, I heard that I heard that he was very harsh on my dad in terms of like using money, even though they were very well off. My dad wasn't given a lot of money growing up because my probably because my grandpa didn't want to spoil him. But my grandpa spoiled me. <laughs> when you see a picture of me um, with my grandpa. I'd be holding not one ice cream, I usually to hold to hold two of them because he would buy me two. And my mom would never do that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm I think I'm a lot a lot like my grandpa. Like very entrepreneurial, yeah. very like asking questions, yes. like doing stuff. Yeah. And I also heard that he was very harsh on himself. Um, I think I think I'm like that too. Yeah, so you're harsh on yourself? i I have been. Um yeah. I've been I'm more forgiving today. <laughs> But I have been very harsh. So what do you mean by that? Like when you do something wrong or something, you'll be like, ah. I, I say perfectionist, being perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you make mistake, yeah. And like looking back, regretting. Mm -hmm. And like making, having this, having you, your standard very, very high. Mm -hmm. Your self-standard very, very, very high. I still do have my self-standard very, very, very high. Because I think it is unfair to for me to compare myself with other people. I don't want to re live a relative life. Um, I want to live in the light of the truth. The, the tr what is truly right. What is truly a good way to do things. I, I want to live by that. Not by what other people do. And um, that makes it very makes it very harsh on myself. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think I've been getting better. Um, like, <laughs> I think getting a dog was kind of harsh on myself. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think I've been getting better, um, as, um, as I think about death more also, death and flourishing other people, um, yeah, so I think there's enough resource in this world where everyone can win. <laughs> I think God made this world with enormous resources, enormous talents. It's just up to how we make use out of it that, like, makes a, makes a, makes a future. And, uh, I mean, even small things like, um, a Clorox we have today, I mean, Clorox is probably not, not a good example, but, um, okay, he didn't pee on me. Um, hmm. like their Seoul taco is one of the restaurants I like. They're able to provide a Korean food to me at a good price. <laughs> They're very fast or, um. Or um, car, or I don't know. A lot of things are consumer packaged goods. Doritos. <laughs> Doritos. Um, they could be selling that for like $30, $100. Or they could find a way to scale, find a way to operate efficiently, um, and give it to people, sell it to people at a very cheap price. And everyone can enjoy it. Everyone can eat that cake, even the people who makes it. So. That's why I love capitalism. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that's kind of what I mean by flourishing. And um, 
even me flourishing, you, my team, like, I don't see, people see each other as competition. A lot of students that feel jealous about other people, they see life as a competition, but really, it's not because, like, you're not serving every role in this world. <laughs> and do what you're good at, do what you're, do the gift, use the gift and do what you're really the given to do, you're, you're made to do rather than trying to do something that you just want because it sounds cool or whatever and you see other people doing well and you see it as competition, you hope them fail. I, I don't think that's a good way. Yeah, I don't think that's how we're made to live. I don't know why you're crying. Yeah. For, <laughs> for those listening, Minji recently got a dog. And a little puppy. Uh, seven weeks. Right? Yeah, seven weeks old. Seven weeks. He's Arthur Grogu Lee. <laughs> what's, our, what touch is, what's Arthur's breed again? Um, Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Fancy. Mm. Yes. So, so Minji, what are you like? What are you doing right now then? Like, just generally speaking. Yeah, right now. I mean, not like right now, uh, but like... Yeah, generally speaking. Yeah. I'm always thinking about... Mozi, definitely. How can I be a better leader? In my team, how can I help my teammates um, to to really best be the best version of themselves? So really, I want to help them grow, but I want to also help them make an impact within our team. Um, I want to help them grow, make an impact within our team, mm -hmm. and how can I do that in a wise way? You know, those are things I really think about. So what what is Mosey? Um, what is Mosey, Chris? <laughs> Mosey is... Hey, I'm supposed to be interviewing you. <laughs> Mosey is a WashU-based startup uh, focused on mental health and getting people together in person. But I, I wanted to hear more about, like, why you started it and what, like, yeah. your... And, 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 and you said earlier that there right. were some distinctions. Mm -hmm. um, there were some distinctions that you wanted to implement with Mosey. So can you talk more about that? Yeah, I mean... So our goal, our goal is to, so Mosey is really our passion project. We, we want to use the talent that we're given and we want to serve the community. And if you do a good job serving, we also want to get, get the cake too, <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And then I, looks like you got to go soon. So maybe we can talk about the next podcast, but, um, yeah, so that's what we're doing. And then, so we constantly talk to our customers and users and hear the pain points about, you know, kind of like, we also hear about what makes them isolated and why, what can, what can we do to make it better? A lot of the answers. Are you joking? No, a lot of the answer has been being in person, hanging out in person more easily. So yeah, we're trying to find the best way to make it easy as possible to hang out in person with friends, with people mm. in your community and everything like that. And what do you think are some dis distinctives uh, to that than what you might see at a regular startup? We have a very special team. We are, our team, um, we have Chris, we have Sophia, we have Sami. Everyone on our startup is like equal and a lot of startups say that, a lot of companies say that, we are really flat, right? Right, Chris? I, I think that's, that, that's the goal. It yeah. can be a little bit difficult, like, yeah. because we have had, like, because uh, I think generally speaking, there's a big, like, 
culture. Yeah. People are used to being like, oh, well, I'm in charge. Right. So maybe this was some of it, but... Right, but like... Yeah, that's the intent. We're the flattest organization that I know. <laughs> um, we have every idea is appreciated. And we, we focus on the culture a lot and the values and team norms of flourishing and adding value and serving um, and growing, flourishing them and flourishing yourself. Um, so that's very special about us and we've been doing that. And one practical way we do that is to hear about the passions of each of our teammates. And we want to have them be a leader of a role that requires that passion and that talent. Yeah. So very, very individual focus. Is that a word that you might use? I say it's both, both. Yeah. I think it's very self-driven, self-led. It is very self-driven leadership rather than micromanaging, rather than coming from top down. We come from bottom up. But my role is to keep what we want, what we have to do, the principle. What I have to do is get the North Star very, very, very straight and clear so that as we go from bottom up, we're heading the same direction. Yeah. In closing, and this is going to be my last question, what, um, what's your, like, let's say that you are looking forward or let's say that you're like 20 years older, Mm -hmm. 40 years older, like you're 40 or 16, you're looking back at life. Mm -hmm. What, what is it that you want to look back and see that you did and like be happy about it? Well, I think I want to be married to a right woman. (laughs) So I think I, whenever I see, um, people or a man's I respect that they talk about, I'm really thankful to be married to my wife. Um, that's what I want. I want a good wife. And um, that's one thing. Two, um, I want to see myself growing, growing, growing. And humility and meekness is a virtue I'm constantly going after. It's very difficult. But I really want to be a very influential person that makes a big value add, but then very humble. Um, yeah, and then, um, yeah, and I want to see, I really want to see Mosey making it. <laughs> and then I want to see, um, I want to see all of us kind of like doing the work that we are really passionate about doing and using the skills that we're kind of given as a gift, but also cherishing those skills and being really good at those skills. Yeah, what, what you know, what a good way to work. Um, it's not common today. There's some companies that do that. <laughs> yeah. So those three things. And um, yeah. Cool. I, I know I said that was my last question, but I actually changed my, my, my mind. I, I just have one more question because you have me interested. Mm-hmm. So when you say that you want to be married to the right woman, what what sort of would that entail? Like what would you be looking for? Yeah, I think I, I mean, heart matters most. I think um, heart is deceitful among all things. And it's very... Hard to understand, but um, some of the things, yeah, it probably would change as time goes by. As I mature more, I'll be able to see it better, um, see what are the qualities I should really look for. But at the same time, there are going to be qualities I look for, like heart, yeah, 
it has to be cute, of course, I feel attractive, I need to find attractive, very kind, very meek and humble, but very smart, who can, who can help me grow, and who I can help grow too, and, um, very loyal, of course, um, and, yeah, those are all characteristics and things like that, but at the end of the day, it's someone that I really should love, right? Um, whether, whether I, whether I love by choice, because I think there's two parts really. I think we have feelings, kind of like this deep attachment to love someone, and then we also have this choice to love someone as actions, forgiveness, um, looking over their wrongdoings. Um, seeing their beautiful part um yeah and like and then kind of like that has to be both ways right um yeah i think i think there's both yeah there, there may be qualities but it's not the qualities that makes a person because if i'm looking at the qualities as i'm if i make a filter like mosey makes a filter <laughs> and filter out all these different women in the world um i'm trying to i'm, I'm trying to marry that filter right i'm trying to marry those qualities i'm not trying to marry that person so for me after all it's the person and the person make carry those qualities um yeah and then the person will grow and change too right cool yep yeah i appreciate it thank um, you yeah, thanks for your time is there anything else you'd like to sort of say or? um yeah thanks for this inviting me for this podcast um you should do a podcast about yourself too dude with, you're the with, second guy who sold me that yeah i i think i think you should ask harry to interview you <laughs> right um and yeah wish you best luck in the podcast thanks man yep. appreciate it. bye <laughs> bye <laughs>